trust anybody now we're all very tired hey guys welcome back to spooky tuesday a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers thrillers monster movies and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week i'm sydney thompson i'm monica height and i'm chelsea duff and this week we are doing uh the movie that one of the best x-files episodes is based off of incredible true. <laughs> that's true it is so true and that would be 1982 masterpiece starring the hottie mchattie or the honey Mc- mccready uh kurt russell <laughs> what's the movie it's what called is it? the thing it's, it's called the what thing. is it what is it the, What's th- the thing you know what the is thing it? what the thing what you know what's the thing, thing? what's happening you know? here what's going on right now what's Did you the know? thing <laughs> is this a who's on first what's on second that we <laughs> no into? oh my god wait what's the name of that bitch i always almost say rachel maddow but it's the opposite of her what's who's her the opposite of rachel maddow <laughs> laura ingram Laura Ingram. <laughs> Laura Ingram. There is this whole video with Laura Ingram where this guy Can't came on. That was scripted. So I'm not, I don't know how to feel about that, but I know what it you're wasn't, talking about. It, it, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, basically he was talking about I was about watching the movie you. you. You were watching me? Watching you were me? watching Laura Ingram? Yeah. Yeah. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Anyway. I love yep. the thing, by the way. Um, the movie we're what talking thing? about this oh week on the, on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know that thing where you're in Antarctica and you're just having a nice day with your boys, doing some research for the U.S. government, and all yes, of a sudden, doing some crazy fucking Norwegians start flying their helicopter all up in your shit, shooting at a cute little puppy. You know that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do actually yeah, know that, that thing. thing. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that basically sums this movie up. <laughs> and that's it. The end that's of the episode. That's your whole IMDb there line. Go. Sure. No, 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 we can just end the episode now. Like, that's, that's it. Nothing else has to Bye, Bye spookies. spookies. Thanks for listening. I don't know what's happening with A you guys right start. now. Why chaotic is- start. <laughs> It's that thing. Oh my God. Chelsea doesn't thing. get it, but you guys I, get it. Don't you? I don't know. I feel like this, I feel like how most of our listeners must feel 100% of the time. <laughs> Listen, oh, I warned you, my brain was all weird watching this movie. So I was like, who knows what I'm going to say? Apparently not even me, not even me, <laughs> not even me. Okay. Well, Sydney, do you want to tell them the IMDB uh, little little synopsis thing so they know what the thing is actually about (laughs) sure uh a research team in antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims shit 
it is basically concept. <laughs> yeah it's basically um alien meets the faculty meets to backslide into our twilight episode um the host by stephanie meyer but um, also meets yes. the shining yes that's yeah. true i actually mentioned yes. the shining very early on in my notes they say right after the because it opens um as as you know that thing where the dog runs over the antarctic planes or whatever um it opens with the dog running over and the norwegians chasing after it guns a blazing um and then it actually the- opens with a spacecraft oh that's true landing me. on antarctica well, you know that thing where you forget <laughs> you know about the thing? spacecraft in the opening you know of the thing, thing about okay, I'm, on board. I'm on board with the gag now <laughs> chelsea gets it <laughs> chelsea gets it now she's picking up what we're, we've been putting down Okay, I've seen this movie many times and I did not remember that very beautiful CGI spaceship at the beginning. That's a beautiful. How dare you say CGI? I bet that was practical effects. Okay, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. That's That's practical. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That real spaceship that they filmed IRL in space. It probably was. Actually, I don't remember what that shot looked like, but they probably did like a, a little mini model or something. They were so good at doing practical effects for everything back in the day. Well, so this movie had a really large practical effect budget. Yes. And uh, it was all crashing an alien ship onto Earth, like to get them. (laughs) They built a real life-size alien ship. They crashed it up into Antarctica. Crashed it into Antarctica. Thank God they'd gone to the moon a full 13 years earlier, you know? That's like fucking War of the Worlds, the one with Dakota Fanning in it. Mm -hmm. whenever that went and tom cruise they -hmm. like used an actual plane for the plane crash scene they didn't crash it but they did use a plane and smash it up and so plane other planes would fly over it and be like uh what what, what do people say roger roger (laughs) Roger. (laughs) there's a downed plane in universal studios hollywood (laughs) they open it roger means okay Roger. <laughs> they're just controlling Roger. Air traffic control. Roger in air traffic control. Are you Hello, there? Roger? That thing where you have to call Roger at air traffic control. You know control. that thing where there's a guy named Roger who works at air traffic control. Yeah, everybody knows Roger. Everybody loves Roger. <laughs> Okay, stop. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So there's this movie that we're watching. It's called The Thing. Um, and there's a dog. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about the thing that makes me feel so upset. This uh-huh. whole movie happens to this lovely group of men who are just subsequently punished for saving a cute pupper from certain death. And how could they ever say no to a cute pupper when crazy men are shooting at it? You know, it's just like they had no choice but to let this pupper into their home. And then they are subsequently slaughtered because of it. It's yeah. just not fair. Yeah, no, they did I the mean, right thing, but just sometimes it shows doing the right they thing. They did the right thing for the wrong thing. Wrong thing. Hey! <laughs> Boom, Berber. The thing is, um, like, oh. it's not their fault that this alien, a- alien is so good <laughs> at looking like a cute dog, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to talk about how that dog uh-huh. is the best actor in this entire movie. That dog is yes. incredible. It's an incredible. Jed? Jed's his name. <gasps> and I knew that. That was one of the few things that I knew about this movie. I'd never seen it before I watched it for this episode. Um, but I knew 
just from being a person in the world who experiences pop culture that Jed the dog was very spooky on the set of this movie, like almost unnaturally so. Didn't look at any of the cast or crew members really when it wasn't supposed to, you know what I mean? Like you have animals on set and there's some unknown element um, because you have to try and like prompt them with little toys and stuff off screen to get them to do what you want them to do. But Jed mm-hmm. just just did it. And everybody was like, that's crazy. Jed is a professional um, actor. Exactly. Okay. Like, I'm sorry that it made the humans uncomfortable that they were being out professionalized by a dog. Okay. Jed that was like, them what is problem, this? Not a Jed problem. Exactly. Jed was like, what is this amateur hour, Kurt <laughs> Russell? What are you doing, sir? Look at a real actor right here. You think your hair looks nice? Look at this coat. You know what I mean? But uh, Kurt Russell's hair looks really nice. <laughs> Kurt, just Kurt Russell, period, <gasps> in this movie Ooh. looks very nice. Also, it's very nice. Everybody in this movie is hot as hell. Everyone but- is so hot. Not everyone, but a lot of people are hot. (laughs) Which just makes... How dare you? Who are you saying is not hot? Um, The guy who turns into a spider is not that hot. He's kind of cute. He's cute like a, like, sweet teddy bear man. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, um, one thing (laughs) I just want to say about Jed, though, that to kind of lean into something that you guys have already said is, like, like I said, literally the only thing I knew about this movie was that there's a spooky dog and that the dog is spooky. Um, therefore, bad, evil, whatever it was. And yet somehow oh, you thought still this in was the Cujo. opening. No, 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 no. I, I knew that I knew the basic premise. The thing yeah, takes yeah, yeah, over yeah, yeah. people. The dog must be the thing you. if it's spooky, whatever. Um, and yet still somehow in the opening, I was like, they're shooting at a dog. How dare they? Obviously, <laughs> this dog is good and these people are bad. And, and I literally tricked myself into coming to the conclusion like, oh, they're not shooting the dog. They must just be corralling it in the right direction because to shoot at this dog would be mean. And why would, would be, they do that? Would be unacceptable. How dare they? Yeah. Reprehensible. <laughs> Honestly, like there's a lot of stuff about the dogs that I just like don't want to talk about that I know is like such a main point. We have to t- we I'm have to like talk about it. I like I when I was watching this, I was just like, no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to watch mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. It's deeply disturbing. Like <sighs> all parts, all parts of this movie are deeply disturbing, except for how hot Kurt Russell is. A note I have is Kurt Russell can kill me. And I stand by that even to this day. Um, but the one, the thing that really bothers me about it is like, why couldn't they just let him be sexy? Why did they have to give him Pharrell's hat? I don't understand. The giant fucking hat. Do you guys remember that period of time when Pharrell wore that cartoonishly large, like smoky the I bear? How that, Monica? What's the moose? Oh, I can't oh, remember. Yeah. Bowing. That big. Bowinkle, like fucking Bowinkle hat. He wore it every day, all the fucking there. time. Kurt Russell walked in that shitty hat so Pharrell could fly in his shittier <laughs> hat. It's the same fucking thing. And it's infuriating. Why is it so tall? Why? To keep in it's heat, so Monica. goofy. It doesn't need to be that tall to keep in heat. <laughs> What's, why is his hat so big? It's full it's of full secret. secret. <laughs> It's very distracting. I was like, this is not the point of the film, but it's all I can think about. 
One thing that is also very distracting about this movie is I never realized how one, cause I haven't seen this movie in a couple years, but um, Kurt Russell in this movie looks like a guy that I dated pre-quarantine. And I'm just like, mm. no. Triggering, triggering. Hate that. Mm. But also I like- I hate that for you. Yeah, like he was hot. It's fine. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you looked like Kurt Russell in this movie, a very sexy man. A very sexy man. It's like TBT. At least I did good. At least I pulled sexy. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> hello. That thing where you pull sexy. Oh man. Okay, but- they, I know that we all love puppies here and we love, we, we love this dog more than anything. And Jed is incredible, but like maybe after they go check out the Norwegian people's camp and see all this fucked, gross, horrifying shit, maybe then we put the dog away. Maybe then we put, we just, we sequester That's when they the do dog. Put the dog away. I thought they waited a whole night. I thought after they got back, they put him in with the other dogs. I don't know. Honestly, here's the thing. There's so much that happens in this movie. It is hard for my brain to remember all of it. And it is hard for my brain to keep it in logical, chronological order. Um, and I reread my notes like three times because I didn't have time to watch the movie for a second time. I just like kept reading through my notes to be like, okay, what happens? And then what happens? Um, there is so much going on at all the time. And also all of the men are very sexy. And so I did get distracted. Um, but I also, I don't know any of their names. It's so I hard. Some, I know so there's a guy named window. Was yeah. Z- window. Z- Childs. His, he's multiple windows. Oh, I just was calling windows. him window one window. No, for his glasses, maybe. Apparently, that actor was like, "You guys are gonna call me Windows," and they were just like, "All right, okay, <laughs> okay, okay." That's dude, a character sure. choice, baby. Sure. I know the okay, doctor's name. Right. Cooper. Copper. 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 Good old Bennings. Ooh, Bennings is the guy who gets shot in the beginning. I like literally went through and I checked all of their names. Um, McCready is a sexy Kurt Russell. Childs is sexy earrings, uh, earring guy obsessed with him. Um, oh God, Nals, so hot. Keep who has it. another full name, but is only listed on IMDb as Nelson. That's what they called him most of the time. He's the one who has the beanie and roller skates and listens to Superstitious. So absolutely a sexy. We love legend. him. He is so sexy. It's stupid. And then Clark is the dog wrangler, and I love him. Ugh. Clark, Clark gives big bony there energy, you know, <laughs> got that woodsman like he if he hadn't um, succumbed to a gunshot wound right in the middle of if his he forehead, hadn't succumbed to his gunshot wound. <laughs> I know if he hadn't died after being shot point blank in the forehead like a loser, um, he would have definitely gone off into a cabin and written an album about his grief over the dogs and their slaughter for sure. He's got so that true. sort of sensitive soul. True, true, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of dudes here um just generally this movie speaking, does not pass the Bechdel test it doesn't even have a woman not one single, not woman. A single one woman one of those which dogs is... could have been a woman you don't yeah, know but they don't speak 
But also, they're also not named characters. They're not named characters, but also, does this make this movie the gayest movie we have ever covered? Because all of these men being isolated in the Antarctic for weeks at a time. Gay. What are they supposed to do? You know? Yeah. Explore each other's bodies sensually? Do you think explore each other's bodies? Yeah, classic. Um, I how mean, could they not explore each other's bodies? Oh my god, Kurt Russell's right there. It's very gay for this day. You know what I mean. Um, regardless of what you think of any larger characters' sexualities, and and I'm sure we'll talk about that more in depth later. And I would love to be convinced that this is the gayest movie we've done so far. Um. <laughs> But I did have that thought on my own where I was like, it's all men, so obviously gay. Especially, there's so many um, alien references. It's so, so unbelievably similar to Alien. Not in a bad way. Um, It's its own thing, its own premise. But like the general setup, the use of flamethrowers, a character literally being like, we cannot destroy this alien corpse because possibly this is a very important scientific discovery, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Discovering an alien spaceship and exploring it and um, a crew excavating part of it and then being overtaken by that excavation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Also the scene, the scene where, uh, not Clark, what's his name? Oh, Norris where Norris um, is dead on the slab and then his tummy turns into a big mouth yes. and eats the oh, guy's I arms. Hated the that. Chest that is chest just like scene. the chest burster. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. the same. I literally but- was getting them confused in my head. I was like, wait, what? The alien doesn't burst out of his chest. I was so confused what was going to happen. Um, I yeah, just completed them completely. I basically forgot what happened in this movie because I hadn't seen it since high school. Um, and I was just like mad at for the same reason that I was fucking mad at alien was like, I was unsuspecting of this exact same thing. And it got me twice, like <laughs> fool me once shame on you, but fool me twice. Shame on me. You know? Sure. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, mad at yourself, but mad at them too, for making you look like a fool. A um, fool. But if you'll recall some of the alien deleted scenes, we're going to be about the characters all fucking each other because, um, biological urges, baby. Some people need to fuck. Um, yeah. and some people need to fuck, not all people, but some people certainly, mm-hmm. um, and there was also going to be a deleted scene on this movie where Kurt Russell's character McCready had a blow-up doll. Um, and so I I simply think if if they must fuck on Alien, they simply must fuck here as well. Although, even if pressed, I could not point to any two pairings and be like, chemistry. You know what I mean? Oh, I can. Um, okay, before I would I get, and I can't wait. Before I get there, like, why of all movies that we have watched... And, and it didn't happen in the movie, but it happens in the story. Okay. Why was it the movie with the orgy? Why can't any of these other movies <gasps> be the movie society, with the baby. orgy? Okay. Oh, my God. Also, okay. Thank you for very up society. society. Yeah. Yes. We're, bo- we're bopping all over the town here with this film. We're not. No, nothing's linear. It's that thing where nothing's linear. <laughs> you know uh, that thing where nothing is linear in the you thing? Know thing? You know that thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but the part almost at completely at the end where oh what's his name it's not copper blair where blair 
you figure out that he is already uh, Fix the a monster repro- guy. Yes, a reproduction. What's the word? A simulation? No. Imitation is imitation. They use he's, that word a lot. Okay. He's the imitation, and then he goes up to fucking Gary, and he sticks his hand into his face, and his mm-hmm. hand just like phases into Gary's fucking yes. face. If that ain't a shunting, I don't know what is. Yeah, and his face <laughs> literally like stretches away from his face, just like in society. Brian Yuzna watched this still. Brian Yuzna oh, said yeah. this is the 100%. blueprint. He was like, this is very sexual. We should make it actually sexual in my movie, The Society. <laughs> the body horror in this movie is so incredible. And, oh, like, so and, the, and like practical effects will always be CGI when they're done right. Like they just, oh yeah. One of my favorite, favorite scenes in this movie that, um, when Kurt Russell and Copper go to the Norwegian camp and they're like looking around and they see like a trail of blood and you see this like frozen dead body and it has um, the dead body has slit its wrist and Mm -hmm. the blood is frozen and you can like see all and I was just like in incredible detail like disgusting incredible god i'm obsessed and i thought it was good world building too because i kept being like i feel like they're not really utilizing or acknowledging like how fucking cold it would be this is antarctica and then they showed that guy and i was like okay his his blood literally froze as it was still coming out of his body so that happened pretty fast incredible um, pretty cold um and, and i so had the they really biggest fucking smile on my face during that scene because i was like this is okay so me too well done me too i'm glad i'm not the only one who was, was geeking like- out over that I was like, I, I'm like, everybody looks good in fake blood, including this frozen popsicle of a man. This little <laughs> suicide popsicle. Blood exactly. flavored. Mm, Ew. Oh <laughs> yeah, I mean, blood flavored popsicle. <laughs> an interesting fact, though, before we move on from that scene, is that um, the burned out Norwegian base is actually the same set piece that they blow up um, as the American base at the end of this movie they just like reused it instead of building a second set piece and destroying it um smart that is very um environmentally friendly um which i appreciate for them (laughs) although apparently they also just like left pieces of of this movie behind in canada where they filmed um oh they (laughs) wish um practical effects can only go so far um (laughs) but they filmed some of it in canada and these two uh big movie guys who who maybe have a podcast of their own no i don't know didn't put it in my notes um but they like went on the the filming locations to see like what got left behind and one of them took like a propeller home with him that he found from like (laughs) the norwegian helicopter that's so funny it's like um la's haunted hayride and how they left all of their shit behind so i could pilfer through it (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly it's the exact like same that. thing <laughs> it's a clear reference monica <laughs> it's a clear reference to my lived experience <laughs> oh man but i mean this movie is like the gift that keeps on giving you know like 
not really though, actually, because it made me more and more upset. But like, if you're Uh looking to be really, really fucked up, like this is the movie for you. If you hate body horror, you're going to fucking throw up. If you hate like social horror or like, like just uncomfortable, awkward anxiety, you're going to throw up again. Like it, (laughs) it is a fucking mind game. I love that it's a mind game. And it also has that like gross out, ridiculous body horror effects like you get it all in one this movie does make you like the body horror makes you very uncomfortable like I'm a person who likes body horror like I I like gore I like like the but even there was like like the dog scene when we're first introduced to the thing and well that but like you can also tell like the what's the big baddie from the first season of Stranger Things? Oh, Demogorgon. Demogorgon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that is a clear reference to this dog thing. Like the way oh, that yeah. it opens up and like creates all the little like things is just like such a reference to oh. this. And when that happened, I'd like, I again, I've seen this movie, but I've had completely forgot everything and I was just so unprepared for that moment but I do love skulls and bones so it was nice seeing that I had a good time like that when it's like face rips open right and then it's like just the the like like muscular the the muscles over the bones of the dog's head and then the dog head just fucking like falls out (laughs) <laughs> it's this fucking gaping hole. It's like with a weird noodly tongue. I love all the weird tiny streamer noodle things that shoot out all over it. Oh, it's so it's unsettling. Very, it like Hentai spits porn acid at one of the dogs, yes, which I didn't evolved. care for. Yeah, that was a, Leave a him thing alone. that it never used again in the film. Also, <laughs> so, I was like, you've got acid barf and you're not utilizing that. Like, when does I, I don't think that comes back around? So the dog, like the thing enters the Americans camp in the dog. Um, Can it be multiple people at the same time? Or is it just like one thing that had like, know what I mean? Like, can multiple people be like infected by it? Like, I think so. Yeah. I, I, to me, it's very confusing. Um, because the whole point of the blood test that they do later in the film, um, McCready's theory, again, we don't have any real answers per se, because there's no one on here to give them to us. Everybody's just doing guesswork. Um, Mm -hmm. but McCready's theory is that after, after what's his face, maybe Palmer or Windows, Windows, I forget who, somebody's head pops off and crawls away, um, very Mars attacks. Um, very the faculty does that exact same moment as well um but after that happens McCready's like I think every little piece of them is its own thing and so if we do the blood test the cells in the blood will act individually like trying to get away from the threat essentially um and so arguably there's a bajillion little things but also that that Blair at the end is so big argues that possibly they can like reconstitute into one big thing or that there's very shunting. I don't know. It's really strange um, because 
there the they also make the argument that like you wouldn't know if you are the thing um but also the thing is acting actively throughout this movie um in terms of like sabotaging the blood supply and hunting down other people to turn them into the thing and so it's like how can that be true and also the people don't know that they're the thing unless like maybe they're blacking out in those moments um it's really hard to get to the the bottom of that um and I don't know necessarily that there are like firm answers Answers. I yeah I kind of think that if you are the thing you must know that you're the thing um and the people who are not sure, like the the humans don't know that obviously. Um, and so they might be worried that they're the thing, but if you are the thing, you know that you're the thing. I, I would guess is my take. I feel like maybe you don't know it, that could be possible. And I don't know if this actually makes any sense, but this is what my pretty little brain thinks. So just hear me out. <laughs> like when there's the, the video, um, or that, that fancy computer that, um, Blair has and he when he's like about to have his mental breakdown he's realizing that there's like a 70% 75% likelihood that multiple people are already infected um mm-hmm. and have been assimilated that's the word mm-hmm. um, and it shows the little red cells which is the bad boys coming towards the blue cell And then it goes to the blue cell and then it like turns into the blue cell and like replaces that old cell with itself, like with the replicant. Right. Um, So like with that, I'm like, okay, it's the same cells, but like underneath there, this other thing. So maybe like you have all your same memories and it like kind of like phases you out, but I don't know how science works. And it's obviously yeah. science anyway, but in yeah. my mind, maybe that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also this is the eighties. And so it was also the argument of like, what did they know about cloning at this time? Um, and this, this movie was not, this movie came out in the eighties, but there's the original movie from the fifties. And then there's the short story, which presumably was published even earlier than that. And I don't know what yeah. that was, um, but yeah. I personally think that just because all of your cells can be replicated doesn't mean they would still hold the same memories um but I think the argument of this movie is that they would because otherwise how would these people be able to like conceivably or or convincingly um imitate anybody you know what I mean um but there are some arguments that they don't necessarily have like the full scope of knowledge um and and I'm kind of just jumping around here and jumping to the end um and a popular theory about the end um but there's at the end of the movie we have like the two sole survivors um who are McCready and Childs um and there's kind of this like large overarching discussion like is one of them the thing is one of them human are they both human are they both a thing blah 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 and there's a lot of really conflicting answers and even in like quote unquote canon itself John Carpenter has said conflicting things um the actor who played Childs um Keith David he said uh no no I'm human um but there are like proof either way um because there's also a 2002 video game that John Carpenter was like that's the same canon um and there was a 2012 movie and one of those established that like when the thing takes over you it rejects any 
and organic materials in your body. So like cavity filling, stuff like that. And so the argument goes that it would reject his earring and he has his earring. And so he must Ooh, be human. Love but that then, detail. yeah, uh, really cool detail. But then another okay. theory is that um, you really see um, Kurt Russell huffing and puffing, McCready huffing and puffing at the end. You can see so much of his breath and you can't see any breath from childs like steaming in the Antarctica outside cold air. And so it's like, is he breathing? Um, although arguably you would think that the thing would would need to breathe within like a yeah. human body if it's replicating those cells exactly anyway. Um, but there's this really main theory Um that McCready has gone around like exploding a bunch of the parts of the base with Molotov cocktails, essentially. Um, and you can make Molotov cocktails with alcohol. And so some people think this theory is like kind of null and void anyways. Um, but some people think he was doing it with gasoline. And so he was like testing Childs at the end when he hands him the bottle to drink from, because we don't see McCready drinking from it at the end. We just see him hand it to Childs. And so mm -hmm. if there's gasoline in there, when Childs takes a sip and doesn't have any reaction and McCready kind of like has this laugh I when I watched the movie I was just like two sexy bros sharing a drink um but other people interpret that as McCready being like gotcha you just sipped gasoline but because you are the thing you don't know that that's not what this is supposed to taste like although arguably if you have all the same scope of knowledge and memories then you should know that that's not what do you know what I mean like there's all this conflicting yeah. information and I kind of like it more just ambiguous than anything else um well I but like also ambiguity, they but the, there is a definitive answer there is um and the, the, I'm gonna read you the last lines just so you know child says fire's got the temperature up all over camp won't last long though and McCready says neither will we and child says how will we make it and McCready says maybe we shouldn't and child says if you're worried about me and McCready interrupts him and says, if we've got any surprises for each other, I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. And Child says, well, what do we do? And McCready says, why don't we just wait here for a little while, see what happens. And then the and movie then they ends and the porn <laughs> begins. <laughs> I was like, what could you possibly be saying that is a firm answer in comparison to all the conflicting information I've received from they're the internet. But you're right, they fuck. Alive. They, they, they are fuck. both humans who are gay men and they're in love with each other. There's nothing left to stop them now. To they're lovers. going to let Trope. themselves the die for the good of the earth, but not before they finally consummate their and years here's the thing. long. One of the best ways to stay warm is body heat you know you yeah. gotta create some body heat. well what do we do and then suddenly mccready's unbuttoning his many many jackets <laughs> let me take off my outer jacket here let me take off my down here. jacket here let me oh, take off my here. long I'll wrap you up, <laughs> long johns could be sexy as somebody who let lived in chicago do you know how many long, long johns i've johns. had to take off before <laughs> Um, yeah, because Sydney, you had texted us and said, like, this is the gayest movie we've ever covered. And I was like, what? Why? And I hadn't watched uh, the last 15 <laughs> minutes yet. And then I watched the last 15 minutes and I was like, oh, my God, that's why. <laughs> Gay. Yeah, I mean, the tension is palpable in that scene. I will say that. that um, and I'm willing to get on board with an enemies to lovers trope for, for that moment. Um, 
but I don't know. I think um, the thing I have, I have lots of questions about the thing's behavior, generally speaking. Um, and my question also earlier is like they established that the things can split into a bunch of different pieces. Why are we to believe that they're always in a host all of the time anyway? And they say when they bring back the burned Norwegian body from the um, Norwegian encampment that has two faces and a bunch of extra fingers, like the cells are still alive, even though they've been burned. So like, I don't really know why we think we're destroying anything anyway. Um, when they like explicitly establish that the cells are still a cell in there, you know what I mean? Well, they're um, doing the best they fucking can. Yes, yeah, what else are they gonna they do? They just have the power of fire. That is it. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I would have brought it back. You know, I think I would have been like, you know what? I think we're just gonna leave this here. <laughs> Let's maybe just we bury it in 100,000 years of ice again. Who knows? Right? Like, maybe that's what yeah. we do. Um, this is a problem for whoever discovers it in the future. Um, but, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I did read the host by Stephanie Meyer. Um, and I know that wanderer can be a protagonist. Um, and it's like that, that book, they are also an invasive species, but I, I also wonder like, what is the objective of the thing here? You know what I mean? Like, is World it just domination? Is it or is it just survival? You know what I mean. Um, True. What is the thing? What are the motivations of that? Here. I feel like you're making fun of me, but operandi. I'm serious. No, um, I'm actually like I would like to know because uh, at the very end, they talk about how he's like looking to refreeze himself again. Like the thing wants to just like refreeze. So like, what is he oh, trying? So, what so is this it's like thing hibernating again and can try again when it's not getting fucked over. Yeah. Again. These- so what are the things motivations? <laughs> well, I read something somewhere that it's like, it's trying to eliminate all uh, enemies by changing them all into itself, you know? So also maybe it needs to be like, needs to assimilate like, yeah, it's assimilating us into it, but it maybe needs to assimilate itself into us so it can survive on our planet. Hmm. So, like, it needs to have, like, similar to the host, it needs to have the host in order to survive. I think it has to because otherwise it would just be like, I don't know, some wiggly worm, whatever the fuck it actually is. Like, it just obviously. Just like in the host. Yeah, some little wiggly worm. But it, instead, like, even when it shows itself, it's still, like, part dog, part Blair, part whatever part else. blue eyes floating around in there, all kinds of extra bones and shit. Although when they dissect the Two-Face guy, they are, like, normal internal organs in here, which is, like, then why, what is happening here? Um, so many, so many questions raised and not answered, which is fine. Um, and I, and I think it's mysteries um i think it's a a great why should we have the answers to these questions you know what i mean um but somebody on imdb trivia talked about the spacecraft from the beginning um and how it was like raising the question of 
did that spacecraft belong to the thing or did it belong to another alien species that the thing was like inhabiting assimilating imitating whatever um yeah that's a I love that idea right arguably it knows how to operate the spaceship to some degree because the um, what's his face thing, Blair thing is making another tiny baby one. Um, But also if it can just use the tiny baby one, it doesn't need that giant one that we saw crash and make an enormous ice crop circle essentially. Um, And so it's like, is that, does that belong to some other species that did need or had like a bunch of different aliens on there? And then the thing, assimilated all of them or they attacked and self-destroyed in the same way that uh the Norwegian base did and then the American base followed to do Mm. um but but the the world I guess what I'm trying to get at is like the world building is so interesting here that I want to know so much more about all of it you know what I mean yeah everything about it draws you in (laughs) (laughs) everything about me is designed (laughs) Skin of a killer, Bella. Um, it's 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 always Twilight. It's always Twilight. It's I'm always so sorry. Twilight. Um, sorry. Now that we've opened that door, we can't close it. <laughs> a Pandora's box, if you will. <laughs> um. Okay, but like, the alien aspects of it are really fucking awesome, and you know that I'm an alien bitch through and through. I love this shit. Um, and I love body horror, but like the social aspects of this movie are Mm -hmm. so awesome and so fucking bleak and i know we hate it when we do this but this article was good sorry uh someone related this to the pandemic um uh, can you believe um and they did a great job there's the pandemic i want to say um like a lot of people related this movie to the Cold War. A lot of people related this movie to the AIDS epidemic that happened. Like, oh yeah, this movie totally. is like, and it's interesting how you can like relate this movie to like multiple different things that have happened in that are currently happening and also happening in our past. Totally. Like I read this great article from New York Times by. Um, Apologies if I say this wrong, Jamil Bowie. Um, and it's called Nobody Trusts Anybody Now and We're All Very Tired, which is an awesome quote from the movie. Um, when McCready is recording um himself to like leave some sort of um evidence of what happened. Um, and so the quote is uh, for as much as critics dismiss this film as expensive trash, there is an idea here that fear and paranoia can dissolve the bonds of friendship, camaraderie, and citizenship, that they can sap us of our ability to work together and paralyze us in the face of crisis. It is an idea which, in our age of misinformation, public distress, and pandemic disease, lands with heavy force and i was like shit (laughs) oh shit yeah i was like this guy's smart um but yeah it's so true it's so it's so horrifying because it's just like such a nightmare scenario it's like you can't know there's no way to know if the person that's like your best friend your secret love lover childs um he could be an alien and there's no way for you to tell and there's no one that you can possibly trust because it's already past that like the the contagion is already there and so oh man it's just such a mind fuck Ooh, 
Yeah, I mean, that makes me feel a little bad about one of the conclusions that I drew early on in the movie, but it is also kind of the conclusion they circle back to by the end of the movie. But mm-hmm. when Blair was first going crazy and like smashing everything um, and he had a gun, um, I I think, um, but yeah, maybe did. that was that that other dude who had no, he the did. gun. No, he did. Okay. It was Blair. Um, he was holding it real weird. That's why I remember. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he was like smashing everything. And I think there is an argument to be made. Okay, obviously we know that he's the thing. And and one of the questions is like, when did he become the thing? Um, but there's an argument to be made either either way for this part. But I didn't think he was the thing yet. I had no reason to believe he was the thing yet when he was smashing everything. And I already was like, but maybe he's right. Like he kills all of the dogs. He's like ready to destroy the whole thing and I was like if you don't know who here and you have no way of knowing who here is already infected but you know that it would take um I don't know it said something like 27,000 hours to infect all of the rest of the world and somebody on IMDb trivia did the math and said that's only like three years and you know 75% chance there's already multiple people in your crew affected like maybe it's sad it sucks but like maybe the answer is everybody got to go for the greater good of the world. Terrible hero for mankind, maybe is what I wrote in my notes. Um, And, and they kind of circle back to that, but like, yeah, playing that directly onto the pandemic, obviously it's a little bit of a different scenario, but um, I, yeah, I mean, I totally thought that that, I don't think he was the thing at that point either. I think he was just like the, this risk to humanity is so great. That, yeah. I, that we need to sacrifice ourselves to stop it before it starts. Um, but, you know, Although- like maybe we like see if anybody else is like down instead of thrusting <laughs> it upon them. But, you know, whatever. Blair. Sure. Here's the counter argument, though, about why he could be the thing already at that moment is um, and this takes us into like a larger canon, a larger world um, with all of the other stories. But in one of the previous iterations of this story, um, part of the human terror element of it is in this movie, in the thing, the thing about the thing in this thing is uh-huh. that um, they can't get in contact with anybody outside of their base. Um, and in other versions of the story, they are in constant contact with like the mainland or whatever, what have you. Um, because part of the protocol of like Antarctica bases is that if they don't hear from you, they'll send a rescue mission because um, obviously it is a very harsh, unforgiving climate in Antarctica. And so if they haven't heard from you, they're going to go and try and rescue any survivors and just assume that like the elements be dangerous. Um, And so in that version of the story, they have to keep up constant contact so that they don't send a rescue team, which sends more people for the thing to thing on and sends more resources Ooh, for the thing to escape back to the rest of the world. The um, thing to thing on. The thing to thing on. <laughs> that, that thing be thinging. Um, <laughs> the thing is thinging. Yeah. You know the thing about the thing doing the thing. Yeah, think about the thing. But that thing, yeah arguably if if protocols were the same you could say he's destroying all their means of communication both to stop them from warning anybody not to come and also to summon the rescue teams which again larger canon but um i think in the 2002 game maybe um because i think the 2012 or 2011 movie is a prequel actually um 
but in the 2002 game McCready and Childs both survive and are like evacuated essentially um and so a rescue team is on the way by the time the events in the film are really um in motion so you could make the argument that him making those decisions acting rashly is in part to throw suspicion off himself in the same way that Palmer points out the little spooky spidery head um and in part to destroy any way of of asking for help and and to summon um more potential victims to think upon fair also another reason could be because he he wanted he thought like, oh, if I act crazy, maybe they'll isolate me and I can burrow into the center of the oh, earth yeah. and create a spaceship. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that always bad. Without being bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, God, he sure did a lot in a short amount of time. Um, when we first saw that tunnel, I was like, first of all, don't go down the spooky tunnel. You don't know what's down there. This feels like a really bad call. Although I guess you have to know where it goes if you're trying to contain the thing. Um but I was like, did he really do this all on his own This in this short period of time? But then they have a character be like, Blair sure was busy down there. So I guess we're supposed to assume yes. Although, um, and this circles back to a thought that I had earlier in my head, but it didn't make it out of my mouth before I either changed the subject or, or things got away from me. Um, but in the original dog explosion thing scene, um, there's this really weird shot where before they flamethrower it it looks like part of the thing is like detaching and like scrambling away through the ceiling and so I kept expecting that to circle back around and for like little thing thingamabobs to be around in the set generally speaking um and and I'm not convinced there was not more going on behind the scenes beyond the scope of what we saw and that's why they needed to destroy the whole base possible i thought that like it went up into the ceiling and then he burned the whole ceiling down with it because mm. it was like a little sh- i think they were in more of like a shed than a full part of the thing but i, I i'm not sure but okay, it but looked I, like it i would have liked to see how uh you know when they rip the body off and like the little head goes and it like scurries away i would have liked to seen a head with or like a scene where all of these like weird dismembered parts of some of these bodies are just like wrapping like a lost little opportunity. I want to see it. I, like, could you imagine with the practical like effects that they were doing, how incredible that would have been? That would have been really nice. I would have really liked that. <laughs> and it would have given us more things of them, like Chelsea was saying, why they had to burn the entire thing down. <laughs> We can take no chances. There are little things singing all over the place in here. There's too many things singing around here. We got. Wait, okay. So let's talk about the blood test part because that's like arguably one of the the best scenes because it it brings together both both parts of the horror. I mean, there's more than two parts of the horror. The other heart part of but the horror is the like isolation and the horror. Yeah, the but like the other idea, the overarching thing is like isolation in a horrid landscape sorry antarctica but like can't really live there um but yeah it's like bringing together like the distrust and the social unrest plus the body horror of it all um and also personally victimizing and attacking me by showing people 
cut open their thumbs. Something Thumb felt like a really things. bad choice for that. How are you going to grip oh. weapons to take up against the things when you're, you're hermin all your grippy <laughs> fingers? Use your pinky. That one is going to be like useless to you useless, for the most part yeah. anyway. Yeah, we're also gonna probably evolve out of our pinky fingers at some point. So, like, it's it's uh, it's a. I've read that somewhere one time when I was a child. So we'll see if it's true. <laughs> pinky toes will go before pinky fingers. Pinky toes uh, no, balance. I love my pinky toes. They're my favorite of my toes. I love your pinky toe too. <laughs> Thank you. But like the anxiety that they produce in this scene is so beautiful. Like this shit is so well crafted. John Carpenter like deserves everything. He's incredible. Also, can I just say that it is such a fascinating little glimpse into the psyche of multiple characters here that everybody was, McCready had everybody tied up except for Windows who he, I guess he was just like, yeah, this bitch is going to do whatever I say, no questions asked, absolutely no pushback. So he's free to stand around on his own. Everybody else, he's like, Charles is not going to go along with this willingly. Gary is not into this shit. Windows, he's a little bitch. He'll do whatever I say. <laughs> Which is so weird because Windows had just run off and broke open the fucking shotgun emergency chamber and was about to blast off everyone. So, like, I don't understand where that <laughs> logic comes from, but, like, sure. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I just, like, the all of the suspense is so good he didn't like him mm -hmm. like making you anxious by slicing off the plastic of the wire heating the wire all of that like when when they put when he puts the wire into the blood even if nothing even if they're not a thingy um their blood still bubbles a little bit so you're like oh shit is it gonna be is it gonna happen um it's really it's really well done and, and just yes. before that oh yeah sorry and, and Windows having like that relieved reaction when he realizes he's not was like so great for them to be like, we don't even know if we are like we They're have not, to test yeah. ourselves. And there's also a really interesting um, cinematic element to that scene. This this film is beautiful, first of all, other than all the yes. body horror, which is disgusting. But like the red. Also beautiful. Blue, so gorgeous. Beautiful. Um, but the in that scene, I didn't notice it, but other people have because they're smart um the lighting in that scene shows that everyone who's human has like the light reflecting in their eyes and like over their eyes except for palmer who is the thing and the only one of them among the thing whose like eyes are like shaded in darkness to kind of cast a oh. little um narrative cinematic suspicion on him a little a little hint for the audience which is nice and spooky but what yeah. were you gonna say oh yeah well it's just like that scene also is so heartbreaking because just before, well, okay, Copper got his arms bit off, so he just died. You know, he just it was over for rip, him. Rip, but um, rip, Clark, Copper. our our doggy loving boy, who's on edge because his beloved puppers have all been slain, um, gets shot point blank in the head, and they so they go and they test the blood of the, of the dead bodies, and they were fine. And that just that part is so devastating. Childs is like, Whoa. oh, so you're a fucking murderer. And McCready's like, and moving on to the next one. <laughs> and who's next? And we He's don't like, have time do for words again. like pop, murderer. Pop, pop. <laughs> I don't believe in labels. Um. <laughs> uh, one of my 
favorite parts of like the the blood testing scene too is when they get to is it uh Nalls? Is that how you pronounce it? Nalls, yeah. Yeah, Nalls. And they test his blood and then it immediately cuts to him standing with McCready holding a flamethrower. <laughs> Amazing. I, I like so much. That was so funny. You know what I mean? Like just that like immediate, he's like, you're on my team now. Get We're getting yeah. you the flamethrower. <laughs> oh my God. And then, oh, I just love, it's Palmer, right? Who um, turns out to be the thingy in this part. Yeah, I, yeah. I, always forget his name his transformation is just so fucking nasty he I really thought he was gonna explode because I forgot what happened so I thought he was gonna like explode and infect every all the guys that were tied up next to him the fact that he's like turning into this nasty like blood gushing balloon boy and Childs and Gary are forced to be tied together with him not even tied to tied up against a chair like they're in chairs that are all connected so like they can't even scoot away like they're totally fucked just horrifying and then poor windows is just you know it was gonna happen eventually he's kind of a little bit of a weird space cadet you know he didn't act fast enough and then he got his head munched and that's what fucking happens you gotta blast him fast that's the rule (laughs) Poor guy. R.I.P. <laughs> I love that anything can become a mouth. I love yeah. that a tummy can be a mouth. Your head can Stop. be like, now no. I'm a mouth. Like anything can be a mouth. Anything can if be a mouth if you're a thing. If you're a thing, anything can be a mouth. A mouth. I said a mouse. Maybe that too. <laughs> if this was society, there would have been a butt that became a mouse. A mouth. <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> Blew the punchline. <laughs> oh my god. Speaking of mouths and butts. See, speaking of butt mouths. No. <laughs> oh my god. Speaking Sorry, of anything can be a mouth. <laughs> Speaking of anything can be a mouth. Um, how could this movie be gayer? <laughs> I truly hate that, but also it was right there. You know it what I mean? Right it was right there. there. It was low hanging. It was right there. <laughs> we should be jailed for our crimes, but that's fine. This was all going that way anyway. Um, but how could this movie be gayer? Important question. We've already talked about Childs and McCready at the end. Sydney, you posited that this is arguably the gayest film yet. I would love to hear more about that because I didn't write down one gay moment or one gay observation in my notes. Like I went back and checked later because I also had the it's thought, these all, are all men, this has got to be gay, but but where? It's all in the subtext. Like it's all in that isolation horror because- but um, who? Who's porking? All of them! How's are you kidding no, like, other than Childs and McCready, who porking? All of them, men or sluts. So they're just like all <laughs> fucking each other, and you know this. Like the and- masculine urge to be a slut. <laughs> that's why urge it was to be a slut. <laughs> yes, and also that's why it was extra heartbreaking when they had to start killing each other because they were like, "Remember when we had that? Remember when we night? all explored uh, each other's bodies as a group?" Yes. 
actually remember yeah. when we went up to McCready's little shack and a little bit of J and B led to a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Is J and B the alcohol he had? I think yes, it was. That's the way J and B led to some BJs. Hey, I love letters. I love to well frisky. But there is a moment in the beginning. Bennings is like the first to go. And then there is that moment where Gary, I think, with the white eyebrows, um, he was so sad. And he was like, I knew him for 15 years. They they were in love, probably, I think. Okay, but think about this too. Like, not like as so this came out in 82 when and we said earlier, like this could be like a big allegory for like the AIDS epidemic. But imagine mm-hmm. if you were like a gay man and this thing was like running through your community of all these people and like you didn't know, but like all these like men were dying. And so like imagine being like the sole person and like this person is now dying and this person is now dying. Oh my God, this, how do we know that you're like creating that? So that's how it could be gay and they did have some explicit um std references in this movie obviously i mean not obviously i don't know if the aids crisis was like enough in discussion for it to have been like referenced by name you know what i mean i think we're, we're a little before that but they um do reference vd i think in like a poster in the background where it says something like people aren't labeled or people aren't wearing yeah it says they aren't labeled chum um and it's a sexy lady and she says i have vd um and so it explicitly was like um hinting at at dangers that you can't see that very much exist um and and can be transmitted person to person thing to thing um and so i think it it really does go hand in hand with the the aids crisis specifically even though if that's not necessarily what was intended at the time of the creation um which is is obviously sad and tragic and horrible and something that was really rough for the gay community as a whole um and and has long lasting effects um but that really adds an element of trauma that makes me super sad. Yeah. Right? Fuck. Oh. Can we talk about some somebody kissing, maybe? Who they kisses? All kiss. Childs and McCready at Get the end. Get specific. I don't they know names. In, they but drink you know, out of the J&B at the same time. But here's the thing. You all know the that they swig. kiss windows on the forehead every night before he, they like tuck him in and they give him a nice little forehead smooch. Like they all stand oh, in a line and they so go, cute. hello windows. Good night. Good night. Okay. Good night. Kisses for windows. Obviously. Yes. I buy, I'm so happy to buy into that. <laughs> um, I want Clark to do a kiss. Who does maybe, maybe um, Fuchs, Fuchs, what's his name? Probably not Fuchs. Probably not, but who knows? knows? It is now, baby. (laughs) I just would love to have had a little more 
uh, lingering moments, maybe. Um, if I were to make this film gayer, I would put a little more of the subtext that we can apply to the film into the film directly. I don't need blatant text, you know what I mean? But maybe um, someone could express a little more sorrow for their friend instead of fear for themselves. Um, in the same way that we get Gary being sad about Bennings, maybe we could get um some some romantic glances you know what I mean mm -hmm. a little raunchy humor between the boys in the beginning oh, when they're still like playing butt, card games and butt stuff. tap that men do yes men love to tap each other's man, butts man, and, butt even in, in context where they're like we're straight um the so masculine can, urge to just touch another the urge to spank a, a man yeah <laughs> I would love to if we were to make this film gayer that's what I would want I would want more butt spats more more flirting among these fellas you know what I mean like they may have all been fucking but I wanted that um the flirtiness to be to be part of it not just a biological urge I want some yearning I want some feelings involved that's what I would like love and lust yes it's gotta happen yeah. It's there between Childs and McCready. We oh, see it sure. all. Yeah. Okay. There, it's I there. guess, the main compelling romance. It's it's canonical. What? <laughs> Canon. It's palpable. <laughs> um, okay, so where would Matthew Lillard fit into this film? Okay, he would make a great Norwegian. True. True. Believably. Uh, he would also be a good Windows. Hmm. Okay. I could see him being like a, a Fuchs guy too. One of the guys who, who has the little glasses who goes out and gets um, burned oh, in the snow. That's who Fuchs is. I yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, forgot yeah. who he was. Yeah. There's so many that. people. There's a lot of dudes. Lots of bros being bros. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. I think, oh, you know what would be cute? Um, if he was the voice of the computer instead of that sexy lady. Um, oh. He could voice the little chess game that McCready is facing mm. off against. And they have that kind of like a flirtation a little bit until McCready is like a super ass sore loser. Um, <laughs> but that would be a little gayer and Matthew Lillard could have fun with that moment. Um, but I also feel like Matthew Lillard would thrive operating some of the puppets that are the things you know what I mean he would have a uh -huh. blast with that yeah he'll just be one of the things he's the thing that Jed the dog turns into that's what he is <laughs> he is the two-faced thing that they bring over from the Norwegian base oh he could that's be the dead accurate. popsicle guy oh yeah oh. he'd look great as a popsicle all kinds of options for you, Maddie. Maddie, whatever you like. I mean, the role is yours. The role is yours, baby. Okay, so that brings us to who is the dumb bitch? The thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> the thing is actually <laughs> no, no, no. really smart. <laughs> no. The Norwegians are the dumb bitch. One, only because they couldn't shoot this stupid dog. Like, they well, had better aim. Two, they ended up blowing themselves up. 
that yes they are the dumb bitch because they fucking (laughs) blew up their helicopter by accident because instead of throwing the grenade they threw the pin that was hilarious (laughs) that's true that's true um i will say imdb trivia and i don't know where they got this fucking information from but it says like the dog in the beginning is like the boats do nothing to it so it it argues that like the the dog um is just because it's the thing it's just like not responsive to the bullets or the bullets don't hurt it or whatever um and there's an argument to be made for the thing having healing abilities because apparently clark like bandages the the dog when it comes in and then the dog just kind of like squirms away from the bandage um arguably proving that it doesn't need it but also imdb trivia and i don't know if this is true because somebody could be playing a very funny prank um but somebody on imdb trivia says that the norwegian pilot actually is like warning them in the beginning of the movie it says um the words spoken by the pilot on entering the camp are actually understandable for norwegians although it's in broken Norwegian, probably just because of translation issues. Um, Essentially, it translates to get the hell out of here. That's not a dog. It's some sort of thing. It's imitating a dog. It isn't real. Get away, you idiots. So I would argue also the, the, the blowing themselves up was not compelling for me when you first said that because I was like everybody blows themselves up in this movie until you reminded me that it was an accident and they looked down yeah. and then they're like uh oh we gotta put snow Uh-oh. on top yeah. of this retro um and so then, the dumb yeah, bitch think, is that that's Norwegian that specific yes, Norwegian that, that specific Norwegian <laughs> rough rough go but he was under a lot of stress but it's no excuse and then instead of running away from it, he throws himself on it. Well, Captain America threw himself on a grenade. Maybe he's trying to be a hero. Okay, well, this isn't a Marvel movie. Thank God. <laughs> a Marvel movie, Monica? I said Marvel and oh, I just I have an accent. <laughs> I just have an accent and it's very rude of you to make fun of it. It's when I say What is your accent, um, Monica? <laughs> It's just a special You know that thing where me. your bees sometimes you know sound like bees. Sydney, you know, it's just a thing. Okay, but actually, like, one time or a few times, someone has said, like, oh, like, do you have a lisp or something like that? And I brought it up to my mom. And I was like, mom, like, do I have a lisp? Like, I don't think that I do. And she was like, oh, honey, you've always talked like that. <laughs> What the fuck does that mean, mom? What the fuck? I I literally was like, what the hell? Like, anyway, never found out what it means. So, I love that. It's my accent. So, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Anyway, knives out of fives. We should do those. Okay. So when this movie came out, critics were real mean about it. Um, they a lot of people so mean. A lot of people really did not like um, the body horror. Um, this is from IMDb Trivia, um, but John Carpenter was like really, really upset about it. Um, but one critic called Vincent Canby said it was, quote, too phony looking to be disgusting. It qualifies only as instant junk. Um, someone named Dave Care wrote that it was, quote, hard to tell who's being attacked and hard to care. Um Roger Ebert wrote, quote, that superficial characterizations and the implausible behavior um, disappointed him. 
And he also, I think, called it like a barf bag movie or something Oh, yeah, he called it a great barf bag movie. And he also said the thing is basically then just a geek show, a gross-out movie in which teenagers can dare one another to watch the screen. (laughs) Ebert. Someone, an unnamed critic um, from IMDb said that John Carpenter was a, quote, pornographer of violence. Um, and then John Carpenter said, quote, that really had me thinking about my career. Yeah, that not Ghosts of Mars being called a pornographer. So he was like super bummed. It shook um, him John Carpenter to his core. How dare you? Yeah, but people were really haters about it. Which is wild because in the years following that, they really all changed their tune. And now this movie is like one of the most critically acclaimed movies. And like one of those movies that's on every like movies you have to watch before you die list. And on IMDb, it's like number 159 on the top rated movies of all of the movies on IMDb. Um, The IMDb rating has it as 8.1 out of 10. Um, and then on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 82% fresh from critics because a lot of critics went back and reevaluated it and changed their scores after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and audiences gave it 92% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. So, so it's pretty beloved these days. And it had a really, really rough reception at the time to the point that John Carpenter, who is John Carpenter, lost out on some of his follow-up jobs because this movie did so poorly yeah so fucked up that is so fucked up well, it cost like 15 million dollars so i guess they were like yeah that's a big risk to to flop um especially because halloween costs like three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, um and they spent like seventy-five thousand dollars on like cold weather clothes alone for the cast and crew on this movie um yeah. and then they spent like a million dollars on practical effects alone it and and then they had to like the studio scenes they filmed on studio um they had to refrigerate it down to 40 degrees on the studio so that everybody would be believably cold um just just <sighs> lots of expenses here but yeah it really flopped oh, yeah. at the time and then after when everyone really went um oopsie my oopsie. bad it was really um, good actually this movie rules um and they're right this funny movie rules <laughs> A funny, silly moment that we had, guys. Like, just doing a goof. (laughs) This article I read, actually, the same one that I was talking about earlier, had a really interesting uh, interpretation of why that was. And he said, I think, I often think the reception of the film received um, is related to the overall mood of the culture at the time of its release. It's obvious that Carpenter's nihilism, that's how you say that word, right? Yep, Mm -hmm. nihilism. Um, His vision of an incomprehensible and unstoppable evil was at odds with the sunny optimism of Ronald Reagan's America. It's not for nothing that Steven Spielberg's E.T., the extraterrestrial, came out the same year to much greater success. Because that's like an alien Mm. movie, but it's like, hee hee, he's a little cutie. It's fine. And then you cry at the end. Um... But yeah, I thought that that was really interesting, an interesting take. Like the, the yeah. people were like, no, everything's great right now because Reagan said so. So shut the fuck up about this unstoppable Aww. evil force that will kill us all. Uh, <laughs> I also Reagan ruins like, everything. He, he sure does. Mm-hmm. No, I think a lot of people couldn't see it as its own 
property at the time too like a lot of people just saw it as as so similar to alien which it is but it also treads some new ground um and it kind of does a different thing and i like that its ending is is different than aliens you know what i mean i like that um sure she gets away an alien um you got a soul survivor i liked that you don't know at the end of this movie and that they kind of have to be like well if we both die here because we're literally in the middle of the arctic or antarctic or whatever like maybe that's for the best and like we don't know what's going to happen and there's nothing we can do about it now anyway um i yeah i think you're right that nihilism maybe didn't go over well at the time but but i think it aged well um and i think the the concept of sacrifice aged well um and is like a beautiful thing of of working towards the greater good even at your own expense sometimes totally i i really really like that in my mind they die at the end after they have a (sighs) rock raucous romp sexual romp they and then they die absolutely fuck yeah and yeah then they absolutely fuck they and then they the die immediately after succumbing to the elements yeah any time um, charms yeah. Oh, yeah yeah but i i really like movies like that where it's wrapped up not like wrapped up in a pretty bow but like they can't i mean they could they could make a sequel to this sure yes of course because the thing probably is still alive um but like well, also I was like, they really left this open for a sequel because even if they both freeze to death in the Antarctic, um, another labs tech, whatever, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. another hundred years in the future should sure come upon those bodies and defrost them the same way that the original thing was defrosted by the Norwegian crew. You know what I mean? So there's like totally. a, a billion different possibilities, but I liked it, like you were just saying, as a contained story for those characters yeah totally like um it's it's just there you're not gonna get kurt russell again unless they do something super chuggy where like oh his assimilated being is still alive for the sequel or whatever like i like that it's just this beautiful little world it's this movie and that's it baby um I really, really liked that about it. And and I, I just love this movie in general. I'm just going to give my rating right now, okay? I'm going for it. Like, I think that it's fucking terrifying for so many different reasons that we've already gone over. Isolation, social breakdown, the people that you trust the most, you can't trust anymore. Like, and then you the trust yourself. Most- you can't trust yourself the most and the most fucking horrifyingly gruesome body horror that we've seen on this podcast so far you can make the argument that the fly is just as bad but i feel like this one takes it to a different level um but yeah i i fucking this this checks all the boxes for me except for the box that is having a woman in the film you know it doesn't check that (laughs) box um, unfortunately um but i mean outside of that for what it is i mean i I love this movie. I'm going to give it a five out of five. No notes, except for the woman thing, but like no notes. (laughs) No notes because like women are great, but also sometimes things can just be about gay men. Like let's have them get their representation too. Exactly. Sometimes it could just be about snowbound gay men. It's fine. Sometimes we should have covered this movie. We should have covered this movie for pride month. If only we'd have known. (laughs) (laughs) I also give this movie a five out of five. It's, Again, when all of all the people back in 82 were, were wrong about this movie, this movie is incredible. 
Um, <laughs> and it is a movie I think everybody should watch. Like, this is a movie that like, sure, is it scary? Yes. Should you sit through it and watch it? Yes, absolutely. Because Kurt Russell has the most piercing blue eyes in this movie and the most beautiful beard and the greatest floofiest hair like watch for that if you don't like horror movies the luscious hair and the piercing blue eyes and the rugged beard will do it for you and he's a little bit of a dick which sexy he's bossy you know and he gets a little frosty he gets all that little (sighs) frost on him a little frost in his hair weirdly hot weirdly hot he kind of looked like Santa Claus, which he played Santa Claus in a movie one time. Anyway, keep going, Sydney. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is really good. Like yeah. five out of five. Yeah, I think um, this movie is disgusting. This movie is gorgeous. Um, this movie is well-crafted. I like the scope of what we get I think there could be a little more consistency possibly in the the behavior of the thing um I I don't think that we need to have the answers or that we need to understand as the audience because it is alien to us it is foreign to us um but I would I would like to have seen some of those potential threads followed through or acknowledged a little more um so for me, I think that is if if given the opportunity to travel back in time and provide some notes to John Carpenter, potentially, that's what I would mention. Um, but for the most part, obviously, this movie is a masterpiece. Obviously, everybody who was a hater changed their mind about it after the fact. It has had such a huge cultural impact, like we wouldn't have the faculty without it. Um, and the faculty is a blast. Um, I would I think want to watch it again to see how my experience of it is on a rewatch because while I really enjoyed myself it was not necessarily like um it's like midsummer for me it's like it's beautiful and I probably will rewatch it but not that regularly um but that said I do think it is a great work of art for me it's not quite five knives I don't think um but it is like a 4.85 nice that's still pretty damn good that's respectful almost in perfect harmony (laughs) oh yeah I mean we've kicked off winter now that's the that's the winteriest shit you'll get um there's more winter movies, but we're keeping it going. We're fully into the holiday season now. Um, we're we're in the midst of it. You just had your tea Thanksgiving. Christmas is around the corner. It's Hanukkah as we record this. Um, and so why not do a movie that none of us have seen before? That sounds like a fun holiday risk. <laughs> we're going to be t- taking on the 2017 movie i'm not going to call it a classic because i can't speak to it anna and the apocalypse um i was vehemently against doing this movie for our holiday season last year i was like absolutely fucking not this looks like the worst thing that's ever existed um and my mind has since been changed i don't know what had come over me i love musicals and i love horror why wouldn't i love them together I am only slightly apprehensive about this movie because it is a zombie movie and we all know how yes. I feel about zombie movies, but I love musicals. Reason. So <laughs> I'm interested. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people who really, really like this movie. And so I am hoping to also feel such strong, positive feelings about it. But I'm excited to find out more either way, because all I know is horror zombie musical and holiday, I guess. And Christmas. And Christmas. That's like a lot of shit to put into one thing. It sounds busy, but people think that it works. And so I'm excited to find out why. Like the trailer is the trailer. I didn't watch the trailer. The poster is her in a very Mormon kind of outfit um, holding a candy cane that is like a knife at the end. So that seems like it'll bode well, I'm sure. A giant candy cane. Sorry, excuse me. A huge giant candy cane. So um, holiday themed weapons. Love that for us. It's going to be a romp. It's going to be fun. Hopefully. (laughs) Are you just making um, a Book of Mormon musical association with the outfit? White Because she has a tie? Tie. Yeah, it's a tie. It's not a skinny tie. It looked more like a skinny tie from where I was looking. Oh, yes. We all know Mormons love skinny ties. As we know about the Mormons. (laughs) As we've learned in Twilight. You don't know about that? Backsliding into Twilight once more. The skinny tie. Anyway, learn more about skinny ties next week on Spooky Tuesday. <laughs> um, and you know, it's the holiday season. Um, it's it's we're recording this on Giving Tuesday, which is not the day that you will be hearing it, but that's when we're recording recording it. So why not give back to us Spooky Tuesday by writing us a five-star review? It's um, giving Tuesday. It's giving Tuesday. It's giving a lot of Tuesday. Um, but anyway, you should, you should think about it. I think that we would like it. Actually, I know that we would like it. And I think you would feel a sense of accomplishment afterwards. So try it out on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And while you're at it, why not follow us on social media at spooky underscore Tuesday on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram at spooky Tuesday pod on Facebook and Tumblr. And we're on Letterboxd at spooky Tuesday. You'd think we'd have the same ads for everyone, but we don't. And that's just to keep you on your toes, keep you guessing. And I hope you like that about us anyway. And also one thing that you should check out is our very own Monica Height is doing something incredibly meaningful this year. And she is partaking for her very first time in the AIDS, uh, what is it called? Like the AIDS, the AIDS life cycle. So, um, Yeah. So basically, um, in 2022, I will be going on a seven day, 545 mile bike ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles. I know it's shocking that I'm sporty, but I am. And it is a fundraiser to raise money for San Francisco AIDS Foundation and the Los Angeles LGBT Center. Um, And it's a really incredible event, an incredible cause. Um, and my goal is to raise $5,000, which is a stupid amount of money. So, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to get there. And if you're willing to give, to help out people, it, it helps so many people. If you were touched by, um, the AIDS conversation we had about this movie and, and the, the AIDS crisis in general, um, it's not, it's not over yet. And, um, it's something we still are working towards and something we can still raise money to help address. And, and we do more every year as a society and you can be part of that. Um, in honor of Giving Tuesday, um, you can help 
Monica reach her goal and, and we can all together be part of the solution. Yeah. So check our show notes for the link to donate and uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye spookies. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara, and our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg. Fire's got the temperature up all over the camp. Won't last long though. Neither will we. How will we make it? Maybe we shouldn't.